everyone is back together for another movie, and this time they're happy about it. Except for Kirk, who's a gloomy Gus, because it's his birthday, and all he got was a book, and some glasses so he could read the book, and some booze for his bruised ego, and a midlife crisis. To make sure you know how old the crew is getting, we meet Savick and her young cohort of cadets. The crew have some great fake deaths on the Kobayashi Maru, and Kirk makes a dramatic entrance. For a bit of fun, instead of finishing up his inspection on the Enterprise, Kirk gets Sulu to take her out for a joyride. In the meantime, his pass is about to bite him in the ass. Twice! Remember Khan? Or as he's better known, Khan? In case the title didn't tip you off, he's back. From outer space! Chekhov just walked in to find that mad look upon his face. <laughs> and he got an earworm for his trouble. Why was Starfleet scoping this dead planet in the first place, Khan asks his newly maggot-minded minions? Why, to test some terrifying terraforming technology, of course. Kirk is interrupted from his field trip with the kids by a call from his old flame. Enter Dr. Carol Marcus, head scientist of the Genesis Project. You know, the science bomb that can reformat the whole planet. The one that Khan put on his wish list. She has an angry adult son of ambiguous age. Kirk and his crew of kids are the only starship close enough to pop by for a visit, but they are intercepted by a rogue reliant commanded by Khan and his Mad Max band of barbarians. There's shooting, and battles, and plans, and subterfuge, and Dr. Marcus wears jackets, and Kirk has feelings, and Savik raises her eyebrow, and Khan blows up and Spock dies. You know, just Star Trek things. guest, the voice that you heard wonderfully recapping, Elise. I was delighted. <laughs> so guys, I would like to start this podcast by talking about the movie that we could have had. So <laughs> Gene Roddenberry is both the visionary who built the ship and wanted to sink the ship at the same time. <laughs> he was a man of ideas and of vision, but very little savvy about what people want to see on their TVs. So his sequel that he wrote so he watched star trek the motion picture where i think he got a lot of what he wanted he's like that was great but i could do more he wrote a sequel where the crew of the enterprise travels back in time oh, oh no okay everyone is like at first like oh okay no i'm on board get, no no no, no i like no, time no, travel no, no. episodes no because they have to set right a timeline the Klingons have disrupted. They use the Guardian of Forever, which I'm sure our favorite science fiction writer would have words and or punches to say about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yep. Uh, by the way, the guy who wrote the Guardian of Forever is a 
treat. Oh boy. Wikipedia that. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Klingons go back in time to prevent the assassination of JFK. Uh, Wait, the Klingons don't want JFK to die? No, the Klingons let JFK die. The Klingons assassinate JFK. <laughs> no, they let him no, they let him live. Sorry, let me get that right. The Klingons want JFK to live. Okay. But the Enterprise has to go back and make sure that JFK dies. <laughs> Question, because I'm seeing no downsides to this movie. This sounds amazing. Is Kirk the assassin? <laughs> I, also, no, didn't they already no, do this the last no, time they no, saw the no, 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 Kareem, you are like, you were making this sound really, really great. And I'm kind of okay, so I guess Kim was movie. the target audience. <laughs> no, because Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK. Yeah. Fact. In the real world. I think it would just be that he has to stop the Klingons from killing Lee Ar This I is offensive <laughs> on a number of <laughs> I don't understand. Why, though? Okay. Picture this. The it's 1980. Yes. It's 1980. It is, uh, oh man, maths. It's like 17 years after JFK's death. Mm -hmm. And you want to go back and do a... Oh, it's not exactly topical. I mean... Well, I think it's a little bit too topical if you're asking me. <laughs> well, okay, but like, why... Okay, I, I, I need to know this. Why yes. did the Klingons want to save JFK? What because important... Because it corrupted the timeline so that they could win everything. The, the assassination of JFK is yes. what set Earth on the course to the Federation. I suppose that they got okay. sloppy with the space I have race. many American friends, so this is not directed at them, but, but fuck you, America. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know exactly like, which dominoes were set in place. Goddamn typical American science fiction writers. America took <laughs> us into space. Well, not first. Okay, the other. I have a couple of favorite pieces of trivia that I pulled out before I want us to talk about. That this wasn't movie. your favorite? That was that, pretty great. Oh my <laughs> god. The other part of trivia that I would like to talk about is there was and still is much talk as to whether Ricardo Montalban. Montalban. Kareen. I did not grow up with him in. My, my mother life. would have married Ricardo Montalban if she well, had had the option. I, I might not be here. And I asked her once if that was a choice she would have made, and she didn't answer right away. <laughs> So the question that many I'm just ask, saying, yes, it's Montalban. I'm never gonna get it. And just say Ricardo. I'm get, yeah, that's what I'm. Going okay. With. Anyways, the big like question mm -hmm. that dogged this movie mm -hmm. from its filming to its end on all the talk shows they talked about it was his chest real or not? Wasn't it just wax and buff? Well, the buffness. Like, he is very buff in yeah. this film. He typically is very buff. Well, yeah, but he was extra buff? very buff. Also, that... What's the I answer? guess you'd have to call it a vest? Was tailored specifically to... Like, there was there was some, some wardrobe-related oh. wardrobe enhancement going on there. <laughs> okay, we are Googling this for <laughs> sure. We're looking at a screen cap, and it is very... It's more boobage well, than, like, abage. I mean, there's some airbrushing, probably, right? Like, I don't know. His, I, I don't think airbrushing. Better, he for sure has a better rack than I do. <laughs> his chest is definitely wax. Oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure wax. But I think it for was just sure wax. I think it was just wardrobe trickery. Well, they were wondering whether like the sweet muscle definition that he had was real or not. Okay, 
in when you look up oh i see where my mistake was con chess <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting like sharuk khan which is there's all right it's not an me. uncommon name amir khan i could do this all day Hugh okay Jackman but let's not for some reason <laughs> <laughs> why am i getting so much hugh jackson okay what was the next conspiracy Sharuk theory khan. Oh, uh, sorry. Let me get back to myself. <laughs> okay. Other factoids. William Shatner was reportedly hesitant about playing a middle-aged version of himself. <laughs> and believed, believed in his heart that with proper makeup, he could continue playing a young, sexy girl. <laughs> okay, A, that's hilarious. And B, that would have been a goddamn tragedy if someone hadn't talked him out of it. Okay, I... The, my favorite part about all of this is that he would have been, like, sexy, sexy young. Mm. Everyone would have been haggard, haggard old. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, how he wants it. I'm yeah. real glad that didn't happen for a number of reasons. Um, but, honestly, chief among them is the fact that Kirk from this movie onward is my favorite version of Kirk. Okay, well, here's my argument. Rome has fallen. Yeah! Rome has fallen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Empire is in ruins. Everything is in flames. Those who were in power have been disposed and murdered in the streets. There's no going back. Wow, that that, that went real hard dramatic there. Are you sure you're okay? Shatner's, young Shatner, uh-huh. is dead. See, yeah. this Shatner from this movie, this is the Shatner that I am the most familiar with because my mm. first exposure to Shatner was not Star Trek. It was Rescue 911. Oh my god. <laughs> Which, oh no, like Unsolved Mysteries or whatever he did? No, it was Rescue He did. I don't know what else he did, but he did oh, Rescue 911. Don't look it up, it doesn't matter. Which was my it was favorite a long thing, time ago. Which was reenactments that he narrated of real 911 calls. <laughs> yep. And he used to say, coming up next on Rescue 911. It was amazing. That sounds about right. Was it amazing? It was, it was amazing. A, it was a thing. Also, it was a thing. Do you remember Ari? This is aimed at you because we lived in the same place in Port Coquitlam when you were driving from uh, down Lougheed Highway from Pitt Meadows to Coquitlam. There was the sign store, and that had a giant Shatner. It was right yes. next to the road. Yes. That was this Shatner on that poster as well. Yes. So this is the Shatner I know. This was the Shatner of my childhood. BT Dubs, ultra local, coastal British Columbia knowledge. Mm-hmm. They like they had a licensed Shatner picture yeah. to advertise yeah. their business for twenty five years. That's it only awesome. vanished in the um I think the early aughts sometime. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, this is my favorite Shatner because I feel like whatever happened behind the scenes, James Kirk for the most part seems to have gotten the fuck over himself, mm-hmm. and that is my favorite because it means that the show. And I say show, you, you know what I mean. It can truly sure. become an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. And that is where, shut up, Crane. That is where these movies go, and that is why I like them so much. Not no. motion picture, but this one and the next two for sure. This was not an ensemble piece. It was more than the much other more. one. And yeah. it just becomes more but and more with every passing film. It was not yeah. an ensemble of our main cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main cast had more to do, much I would more. argue. They had a few like, more lines. Individually, yeah. everyone had stuff they could do. Guys, I'm going to go back to my... Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> more trivia! This is more the best trivia, trivia ever. Yeah. More, more trivia. You get one more. Okay. No, no, no. It's all really good. <laughs> no, okay, so, but it's like 75 pages. No, I picked out the choices I How many choices, Kareen? You can edit this part out, because this is ridiculous. This is amazing. Okay, so Lieutenant Savage. I get Savage, to pick which ones. No. <laughs> Lieutenant Sabic, played by Kirstie Alley, who I 
I enjoyed yeah. her greatly. It had... Okay, but here's what I did not know or pick up at any point. She was intended to have Romulan and Vulcan heritage. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really? I was wondering yep. if uh, um, she was half human or what was going half on there. something? Because... She had, uh, like, just more emotional outbursts. Than, uh, like, more like Spock than, like, other Oh, my Vulcans. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, well, I hated her. I really? Looked, I did really? not like her at all. Why? I thought she was terrible. Because she was too emotional. <laughs> I didn't know. I, the, the whole ha- half Romulan thing did not come through. I mm. thought she was terrible. I really, really disliked her. Oh. <laughs> well, Kim's alone. Um, yeah. Um, so there's three hints of that in the final film that you probably noticed. During the Kobayashi Maru, she says, damn. Yep, yeah, I hated she that. She gasps in shock when Scotty appears on the bridge, which yep, we need to talk that. about for like 15 minutes. Uh, what the, why was he? Why was he there? Why did A, shouldn't you be doing some engineering there? Yeah. Like, there's a problem with the engines, but... You're gonna come upstairs with a dead body. Yeah, like, but and why was it there? Why did he not go to med bay? <laughs> in fairness, this is like bay. this is like fucking typical Star Trek. Why is I anyone mean, on the bridge? This is great true. question. But why Great was question. He on the bridge with a dying that is body. An excellent yes. question. Yes. Instead of <laughs> but specifically, a dying cadet. Well, yes. Narratively, it's because it's the little his little baby protege but from we don't when get they come that up. Much of him. Well, yeah. Well, we see him just enough to recognize his face. So it's supposed to be like a dramatic. Oh, he had so much promise. Oh, he was Scotty's favorite. He was. Yes. Very slender. Wasn't wait wait wasn't the guy that Scotty had in his arms on the bridge for no particular reason the guy who died in sick bay after being yeah like, he took him up to the bridge yeah. to make a point and it's the and same then down to sick bay. and then they and took then him to down the to sick bay to heal all his burns and, and then, then he, he died, died. Yeah. yep that was fucking stupid radiation man radiation yeah. anyways um my other favorite part about her character is that in a deleted scene and in other drafts of this movie Savick. And David are supposed to be attracted to each other. And that is the romance. And then at one point, they were like, maybe Savick should be super into Kirk, and that should be the romance. Oh. And then, like, well, he's a little old. So let's just transfer to the sun. And then they looked at that and went, no. (laughs) No. No, it's not. Just just take out all. I actually think what they ended up with was great. It's like, okay, like. If people want to ship it, they can, but they're not going to help them any. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to share my last piece of trivia, which is perhaps my favorite piece of trivia. Mm -hmm. Ladies, hold on to your girders. Many of the actors... (laughs) You've probably got some nearby. (laughs) We're recording this on a highway. Many of the actors playing... Guys, shut up. You need to be quiet for this. You need to give this the proper respect. Many of the actors playing Khan's henchmen... We're Chippendale dancers. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my god. That's amazing. That is surprises me not at no. all. No. It's like, god, they look like they could break into orchestrated like, dance moves at any why time. Why are none of them talking? Because <laughs> they're not there to talk. <laughs> because Star Trek of all the major sci-fi franchises learned first and for like 25 years only that when you hire people simply because they're pretty, don't give them complicated dialogue. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about on Atlantis? Never mind. Uh, can I say how much I love that this movie starts during the Kobayashi Maru? Yes. You can, and I, I like can. this. Yeah. Okay, I've completely forgotten if we've heard of the Kobayashi Maru before this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Like, in passing. But okay. they never really explain it in great detail. We also don't get the important detail about Kirk's experience with the Kobayashi Maru. 
love that so much. So, so real quick, if this is your first time tuning in because you wanted to wait until the stories actually got good and the writing was passable, Kobayashi Maru is a Starfleet test that people that uh, cadets on the command track take, where basically you get put into a simulation where you're the captain of a starship that is doomed. If you haven't seen the new movie. If you haven't seen the yeah. new movie. I have a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't everyone who's taking the test know what it's all about? Like, yeah. surely people talk to each other. They, I, I wonder if they maybe don't know, like, the intellectual point no. of it. You either, I, feel, I feel like it's one of those things where you go in and you try it five or six times and you can't, you can't beat it and you, it comes to the realization that you can't beat it and that's yeah. the point. And then that's one of those things that you don't tell people. Like, it's a school tradition where yeah. you just be like, like, no, you'll, you'll see when you get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time you've realized that you can't beat it in the point of the test, you've, like, grown as a person or whatever, so you don't want to tell people. Bullshit. It's supposed <laughs> to be a test of character. And the thing is that you fail the test, you don't, like, not become an ensign or whatever, so it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's a humbling experience that everyone has to go through. Is that the point of it, that it's humbling? The point of it is supposed to be that you have to be able to face unwinnable situations. But I guess the point of the test, narratively, is to... Ask the, and an, to ask the question and never really answer. Is there such a thing as an uh, is a no win situation? No. And depending on how you answer the question, you may or may not be tapped to become a starship captain. Not if you're a main character. Well, <laughs> definitely not if you're James T. Kirk who mm. cheated. I love that detail. So I love much. it. Yeah. I love it. Um, the movie in which they do it in the reboot makes me pretty mad, but. Uh, I love that they kept that detail because in every timeline, James Kirk was going to cheat on that test. Mm-hmm. He didn't cheat. He wasn't specifically told that he. Well, no. I mean, when it came the out in the wash, it wasn't technically cheating. But when he did it, it was cheating. Yeah, it was cheating after he did it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now here's the, I, I kept thinking of this because it occurred to me that like I I guess I know everyone here has seen this movie before. You had right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't remember it very well, but I had seen it. But, like, I'm like, imagine watching this and not knowing what the Kobayashi Maru is. <laughs> okay, I knew what the Kobayashi yeah. Maru is. I've well, you'd never seen, seen the other. Before. You'd seen, but you'd seen the reboot movies. Imagine yeah, this sure. the first time watching this movie and not knowing. Everybody dies. That's the whole thing with simulations. As I was watching this, A, what the fuck is McCoy doing on the bridge of this <laughs> ship? What is B, McCoy ever doing on the bridge of the ship? So true. Bitching and moaning. Mm. And he does it so sassily. <laughs> the part where he sprawled out on the ground. Being like, <laughs> I made notes on that. I was like, hello, doctor. Right? He, is he wearing his stupid medallion again? Probably. No, no they're all in uniform. No, he was in uniform. He wasn't wearing his stupid medallion. So stupid. But he's laid out like he's on the beach or something. He's in and his he's Burt like, Reynolds pose. Yeah. I, I like. love how many instances of DeForest Kelly can't sit in a chair like a fucking normal person we get in this film. He's like at peak DeForest Kelly chair sitting school. Mm, that's which fair. fills me with happiness. That's fair. B, the other thing that seriously bummed me out is that Sulu cannot get a promotion. No! Okay, at one point fucking Savik, a lieutenant who is barely out of the academy, was given command over Sulu and I, I was so mad. I know. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Ahura. <sighs> Chekhov, I guess, got a promotion. Yeah, he's first officer Or at least somewhere. he's somewhere else. No, Chekhov definitely got a promotion. Mm-hmm. He was a first officer. Yeah, what about poor Sulu? I feel like he has more command experience than anyone else. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was left in charge of the Enterprise on multiple times during yeah. the five-year mission. Yeah. Can I say, though, that after the previous movie, I am delighted by the cinematography in this one. In that there was some? Yes! And the effects, while 
maybe not they're serviceable they were comparatively so much better yeah, like they didn't so good because they were they actually hurt me they were yes. there for actual reasons yeah to yeah. serve the story not just because they could and yeah. things were designed and composed and there was actually some really like nice Elite beautiful shots, shots. Elise, yeah tell me how you felt when they left the simulator and we saw that little arboretum was it good? Did which, you feel good? Which that, that room full of the plants before you yes. got the yeah. part where they look yes. at the space janitor. Okay, <laughs> here's my other part of trivia: is that apparently, as they were filming, as they leave the Kobayashi Maru and Spock or Kirk are having this conversation, the director is like, "Okay, William Shatner, your job is to walk down this hallway having this conversation and not look at the janitor." <laughs> <laughs> and he could not. <laughs> he kept walking out and then like craning back to look at the space janitor, and it. Finally, they're just like, okay. Fine. I didn't even notice. I did, because I was like, oh, hey, there's a space janitor. Why is he looking at the space janitor with that expression on his face? There's a lot of the trips that's like, William Shatner couldn't, couldn't do, do this. Couldn't do. Can I also note that, we, A, we actually start right in the goddamn story. Mm-hmm. With like, action. Yeah. With action. We and establish, characters. And within the first, like, six minutes, we establish everyone's relationships to each other. Namely... Everybody starts wishing Kirk a happy birthday. Yeah. Everyone likes each other. This is who everyone is. This is what they are to each other. This is where they are. And this is what is happening. Go. When the Enterprise takes off. There's two shots. Right? There's two. Did you notice, though? Did you notice that that same little dude in the space suit is, like, waving him off? It looks like the same exact shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's only in there once, not five times. Just once. There's there's one other dude in a space suit, like, careening across the corner of the screen for no apparent reason, but, like, just that one dude. And I really like that little I was delighted. I think when I saw that, I was like, it's the dude. Yeah. He's the old dude. I, I, again, like, I cannot emphasize what a weird, like, mood shift this yeah. yeah, from the first film. Everyone likes each other. They're, Everyone likes each they're other. They're happy to be yeah. here. And even though, maybe it's just because I'm familiar with the uniforms from Next Generation, but even the uniforms felt a lot warmer. better. They warmer. felt yeah. like uniforms. Like yeah. you couldn't yeah. see people's nipples or junk through Which it. Which was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Only for some. <laughs> Actually, no, I take it back. I want to see no one's genitals. I, I, have a, I have a soft spot for this version of the uniforms, even though they were a goddamn nightmare to make, and mm. apparently they could never make them again. Mm. Um, there's so actually they just forgot how, or they killed well, no, everyone. The material that they used, I think it's the material that's used for those the weird white ribbed collar thing. Uh huh. They became could, extinct. Be, yeah, literally, yeah. It became extinct. They, they could never track it, it down extinct. again. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. They bought like one huge batch of it. They used it for uniforms, and then they used like however many they had that many uniforms oh. forever. So every time you see one of those uniforms later on, it's this from this original batch. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they use them a lot. In next gen, for, for in flashbacks, because mm-hmm. this is the uniform era in which mm-hmm. Picard started working, and he was, I think, he was, and he was a, a little ca- baby cadet. And... Yeah, I think he was also up into a, a captain in these uniforms because when he goes to tell, I believe, when he, the whole thing about Jack Crusher's death is they're in these uniforms. I they don't... died because of those uniforms. <laughs> they really did. It, it, it's an era that overlaps for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All the all the like teenage. But teenage cadet Picard, he's wearing one of these things. When he gets stabbed through the heart, oh, yeah. he's wearing one of these. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I have, I really like these, even though apparently they're 
probably one of the most uncomfortable ones, apparently. Hmm. Except for, like, the skin-tight jumpsuits of season one TNG. Yeah. But everyone doesn't look uncomfortable No. Being. They look no. like clothes. They and look the, like people. They look like uniforms that yeah. you would wear. Yeah. And the thing that I liked is that they, they even have space for, like, informality and, ca- like, being mm. casual, yeah. where they have I the, love that. the shoulder strap undone and the jackets hanging up open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The bib I, on which to put, like, bloody red <laughs> yeah. 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 prints. I was like, they're venting. Oh. <laughs> I also enjoyed... Um, um, so the scene where they're, where it's just McCoy and Kirk. Where they're sitting yes. in the parlor drinking whiskey like yeah. that. And he's wearing this weird jumpsuit thing, but I didn't hate it. I was like, okay, yeah. here's the super crazy <laughs> thing about Star Trek casual wear. Mm. Um, even the, and this is an opinion, but even the, the, the crazy ass, incredibly ugly stuff they have during 90s Star Trek, um, mm-hmm. at least on the Enterprise D like it's all these weird drapey things. Like it's different by era. The casual like, civilian color blocking, <laughs> so much color blocking. But you, be- you, they're consistent enough about it. And like someone has really thought about this. You believe that this is what these idiots wear in their off time. But yeah. why? Why does anyone wear anything? Why are harem pants back? Are they? Yep. No, <laughs> right? I didn't get the alert. <laughs> but like it looks like this is what people wear now. Mm-mm. You buy it. And a lot of that is the acting, but mm-hmm. a lot of that is also, like, someone has actually sat down and thought about what these clothes look like and how they work. And I always really appreciate Who that. Who brought the harem pants back? <laughs> probably a Kardashian. <laughs> so they're having this, they have this little talk with the whisk, well, I'm sorry, with Romulan Ale. Yeah. Yes. Which, yes. which yes. illegal Romulan Ale, which continues to be illegal all the way through DS9. I think the note I made was, I've read this fic. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've read this fic. I'm certain that you have. It's like... <laughs> I don't, I never, they never actually say why it's legal. I figured it was like a Cuban metaphor. It is. It's supposed to be like Cuban cigars. Yeah. Um, the more illegal it is. The but I also imagine it's sort of like, you know, the two gin gin that just happened in yeah. Canada. The what? The <laughs> double gin. The double gin. They, the super gin. There, there was a batch of uh, Bombay, Bombay yeah. uh, yes. gin that had twice as much alcohol as it should have that was listed on the 77%. bottle. Yes, oh 77%. Yes, 77%. That does not sound okay. And it no. was... Like it was labeled as usual, and it got sent out, and whoopsie daisy, but now because... We all want it. Yes. (laughs) We all want it, so, I mean, you could go blind, but also, (laughs) you could have a really good time. So so they drink Robbie Ale, and and Bones is like, so you're still hanging on to that midlife crisis a little bit, huh? No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, you are. And he prescribes a starship. Yes. Also glasses. Also glasses. Okay, so Spock gives... Okay, uh, I love the glasses. A Tale of Two Cities. When he gives his little, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spock gives uh, Kirk the smallest version of A Tale of Two Cities I have (laughs) Of any Dickens book. That is the thinnest... I have never seen a Dickens book smaller than a 1995 laptop. I have ever seen. I think it was the Reader's Digest abridged version. It also changes sizes. (laughs) Does it? Yes, it does. Because you know I was looking for it. Can I say, because the glasses are a running joke for at least another full movie. No, at least two more movies. But it's like, this is a time in which they 150% are totally capable of fixing things like failing eyesight. But he's allergic to it. Yeah. Um, but, like, he doesn't, like, get modern glasses or something. No, no. He has to use ones from the 18th century. <laughs> well, because he's a sea captain. Yeah. It's charming. I really enjoy this. Every time he puts his glasses on, like, rather timidly, it's quite endearing. Yeah. Because they're an was, antique. Like, yeah. little, like, action moment. It's adorable. Okay, guys, I would like to shift tracks completely and talk mm. about 
Kirk's disgusting son. <laughs> oh my oh, god. I hated him. I, I was like, hated him. Who is this creepy man child and what does he want? Like, is he the yes. antagonist in this? Like, yes. what? Does yes. he have mommy issues? Oh, he just, okay. Like, yeah. Okay, there is a point in the film where I was like, oh, that's his mother lover. Oh, <laughs> and there is. Because they, like, they're, they're super close and I'm like, mm-hmm. Alright. Like, but she's not projecting any no, of that. It's, it's all on him. him. She projects no emotions to him. <laughs> no. Yeah. But there's a point when they're like holding hands and walking together. I was like <laughs> He's got some issues. He's got mm-hmm. some serious, serious yeah, issues. Yeah, he's like, I hate Jim Kirk. Why? I think okay. He doesn't know that Kirk is his father until she tells him at the end of the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like he suspected. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He didn't know? He didn't know. Then why did he hate him so much? He I a, think he suspected. He had a chip on his shoulder about Starfleet and his, um, it, it was sort of like academic freedom versus the military industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah, And I sure. think he was aware that they Kirk had a, they had a thing. But I don't know that he put it together. I mean, how could you not? But I think he suspected it. Right? Yeah. Like know. the one person my mom talks about having had sex yeah. with. Yeah. Other than me. <laughs> oh. Oh. How old is he supposed to be? He's I, 17 years old. He's like, he's supposed but he's to be like in his early 20s. No. He acts like he's 12. He, he like, does, but he, he he's Dr. Marcus, yeah. as he says at one point. Like, he has a doctorate. Yeah, sure. He's in his exactly. early 20s, at least. Yeah, because, like, I think... They say Kirk and Carol say they haven't seen each other for like fifteen years. Fifteen to sixteen years. So he's sixteen. No, no, years old. we never get we never get their relationship dated. We get Kirk last seeing Con dated. Oh yeah, years, but we never right. see the last sure? time he saw I Carol Marcus. So. Okay, so, so they must have been quite young. Popular, like theory, Academy guys. Young. is that Dr. Carol Marcus could have been the little blonde technician that Gary Mitchell tried to set him up with back in the Academy. Oh, that he almost married. I think that would follow because yeah, they they. Would have to have been like when Kirk was at the academy. It had to be. He's like seventeen years old. Though. Clearly, Kirk made the right. I mean, the other relationship we know he had at the academy was also <laughs> a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one who tried to take his Lester. body. Oh yeah, from what's his? Like, well, he also. Do you remember that stupid episode where there was the fake projections with like the yes, um, where, yeah, where the and the the the, the, the woman mo- in the amazing dress yes, with the great yes, earrings. Yes. She, he he also dated her at the academy. Yeah. yeah. So for a bookworm who never got the girl at the academy, he dated a lot. <laughs> well, he got well, I some mean, girls. You don't have to date for, but yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. Yeah. Can I say that Carol Marcus, though, can I wear a jacket? Damn. Like, yeah. Damn. Wow. Damn. All the jackets that she wore in this movie looked amazing on her. I yeah. liked Carol Marcus. I yeah. always liked Carol Marcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cream. 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 What is that face you are making? For Maylee, it's kind of froggy looking. She's not <laughs> sure. I don't hate her. I don't like her either. But... She can wear a jacket. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that she's like all business all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that she should probably be arrested for potential war crimes preemptively um, because what she has created is a monstrosity and evil. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have a question. Yeah, how sorry. is, apart from speed and thoroughness, how is this different from regular terraforming? I don't agree with terraforming either. Yeah, but it's an accepted normal thing in this universe. To the point where I wonder about the ferocity of Bones' response when he finds out what it is. 
I'm with bones. But they, this is a normal thing that people do on a regular basis. They? they find lifeless planets and they terraform them. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of terraform in next gen. There's a bunch there's of terraformers. Lots, yeah. And there's not there's tons terraformers in original series. Not no nothing in original series, but we do see terraforming in next gen. We do see terraforming in DS9, and terraforming in, terraformers in those guy in those episodes and stuff are always portrayed as over the top egotistical jackasses well, with uh-huh. god complexes uh-huh. naturally. And yeah. I don't know. It was just that's such a bad idea. I think it's the speed. Mm-hmm. Well, and I yeah. think because it the fact literally that it overrides everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like adding and then you know, I think competing. It's, it's like yeah. I'm deleting. I do think yeah. the speed is kind of scary, but on also on the destruction side, I mean, to destroy you, a ship with enough photon torpedoes can totally destroy a planet. Uh, so is it just fine. the combination of the two plus? The plus bibli- life plus out the, of it. the biblical references. No, it's terraforming does that too. Terraforming it. does that too. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's I it's certainly a difference of degrees, but like, were there bird tweets when we see the new planet? I th- I feel like there was, but I can't quite because remember. Because in order for there to be life, there has to be plant life, which mm-hmm. means you're manufacturing it. In order for plant life to be, you probably have to have insects, so you're manufacturing that. Well, not necessarily. Keep insects in check, you have to have birds. So you're lots of stuff. Birds. Not necessarily. I mean, lots of stuff is like wind pollinated and doesn't require insects or birds. I don't know. Like, why? Where would you stop? Why not create I think an elephant? It's kind of like they're like they've got the primordial goo, and it's just going at exponential rate yeah. yeah so it's like here pocket ecosystem go yeah but you could throw that down on any planet that already has an ecosystem well, yeah i think they touched that's, yeah. that's the problem that's yeah. The problem. yeah that's what they were talking about and they about. touched on that in the show in terms of like carol and marcus were very against the weaponization of this and yeah we're very yeah, but too bad <laughs> but, but, like i mean and their whole thing and Mar- the reason marcus was such a little fucking bitch was because it's he- because he's a Yes, he's a bitch, but he was also very weary or wary of Starfleet taking the taking the technology and using it for their own purposes and their own ends that was in his way. Okay, but I have a question. I love that you give him credit for yeah. that because I felt like he was just being a bitch that someone was oh, taking no. away his he project. Was a, he was a little bitch. Like, David was a yeah. Oh, sorry. What was I calling him? You're calling him Marcus, which is his last name. Oh, so I thought his accurate. name was Marcus. No, his their, their Marcus, last Marcus. name. Is, their last <laughs> name is Marcus. My name is Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> let me take down <laughs> the emotion of that. Hello, my name is Marcus Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> his name is David Marcus. David. Okay. My name is yeah. David. But I have a question. Like, what the fuck else was it ever going to be used for? Weapons? I mean... That's but, what I would do. But why bother using Genesis when you can destroy planets with because in much then easier you and less expensive You can rewrite ways. them to what you want Because them to then be. you have a planet that you can... And I can it's a colonization tool. Yeah, it is absolutely. Imagine is. Go, showing up at the Klingon homeworld and firing this thing out there. Yeah, you and s- then you have you an still have planet a, you still have a planet in a strategic system with all of the surrounding resources. You've just changed, gotten rid of all the Klingon life on that planet. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like uh, Pacific Rim, mm. or where, but speedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, on term in terms of pure logistics, how the hell did he think it could be used without Starfleet? Well, I think Starfleet, totally they, they gave purposes. him money. Yeah, yeah I think they Starfleet was going to do thing. it. But yeah. they wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be militarized. Just, yeah. And, oh, pumpkin heads. Yeah, right? Okay, speaking of which, the military comes in. And it's Chekhov okay. and Captain... Terrell. Terrell? Terrell. Terrell? Terrell. Terrell? Terrell. Was supposed to be Sulu in the original script. Oh. Sorry. Poor Sulu. Yeah, poor Sulu cannot get a break. And they have a little ship that is going around the to shitty planets. 
Yeah. Like the shittiest one. Looking this is for very like empty ones. This seems like yeah. a shit assignment. They had mm-hmm. like, what, yeah. seven months of touring the crap planets of the galaxy? <laughs> yeah. Find the emptiest planet you can find. <laughs> but no, it has to be real empty. Yeah. Like, like nothing. Completely empty. But I don't find think there the, is such a thing. Find me the deadest, most barren world possible. Mm-hmm. Because they go down to planet Windstorm. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> in my notes, actual like interesting visuals i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah when they go down to this planet and it's like it's like a storm of tumor i thought it looked super cool they were wearing suits okay. they were. the suits looked real nice yeah, yeah. Like the silhouettes yeah. were good it was good and then Up into the, the point Kim. when they walked into the bunker <laughs> i'm like let's take our helmets yeah. off in this completely unknown environment which is just par for star trek and i like yeah. the teapot handle at the front yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Conveniently located for a future plot. Bless you. Thank you. So, yeah, Chekhov and Tyrell? Tyrell. Tyrell. <laughs> Names are not my forte, but I we can know. describe what you're wearing. Um, <laughs> so, they are like, geez, Marie's, what's all this about? Yeah. And Chekhov goes over and looks at the shelf of books, which is all just like revenge literature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was there only human books on there i only remember seeing human yeah. titles yeah. yeah yeah okay well that makes the whole cons thing the reference to the klingon proverb come out of freaking nowhere anyway keep going kareem yeah huh. also i love the fact that all okay cool guys huh. <laughs> you know what that's a really good goddamn point yeah it bugged the shit out of me when the fuck did they have time to encounter klingons or their cultural appropriation of shakespeare thank you we're gonna talk about that later because it's one of my favorite things in star trek yeah oh, is that the point where i can go make myself a cup no of tea? <laughs> if i had to listen to all your trivia you get to listen to me talk my about trivia klingons. was fascinating uh-huh she's right her trivia it was, was so here i have another question so they're investigating yes. these ships that they found crashed in the surface of this supposedly lifeless and never visited by humans world they're human ships, and they're yeah. inside. They yeah. find the revenge lit. Yeah. And then Chekhov finds something on the wall that says, SS Botany Bay. Okay, not just that. He finds a seatbelt. It's a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is attention to custom detail. It really is. Yes. Okay, so we know that they retconned Chekhov back into an episode he wasn't really yes. in. Uh, my favorite bit is that the director's like, no, oh, Arthur Conan Doyle did it all the time. That's not <laughs> untrue. What? <laughs> So Chekhov was not actually in the episode where we no. met Khan, but no. we read him in, so it doesn't matter. We read Khan him in. <laughs> yes, well done. Um, so is the idea here that, because they, they, in the original episode, they encountered Khan, Khan tried to take over the ship and kill everyone, and then they shoved all of the superhumans, what was the actual name for them? The Augments? Or sure, whatever? You called that's, them. No, that's what they're called in Enterprise, not but that's not what point. they're called in, anyway. Supermen. They, yeah, they, they shove all the supermen and superwomen on, back onto their ship and they sort of shoot them off towards Tau Alpha Seti and supposedly they're to be marooned on... This planet. Seti Alpha five. Five? five. Crappy yeah. planet. But then six explodes. For, for whatever reason. For, okay. for, no, yeah. I mean, I figured an asteroid hit it or something. But okay. um, destroyed the ecosystem. Did they never report to Starfleet they had encountered okay. this ship? <laughs> Here's the thing. Because Kirk is making diary entries every five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, regardless like, of the circumstances? Like, it wasn't like... I have this charted, like, hey, this planet... Right? Do, is, this is where we sent the Superman? Like, like, I know they said the orbit changed, but, like, but like would you not they have... know which planet they were on. They had, like, long-range sensors and well, shit. And the thing is, on that yeah. like, the way that Chekhov behaves and the way the reveal is done makes it seem like no one except for the Enterprise bridge crew knew they were here. Yeah. Yeah. Which, when Khan is kind of going off about his thing, I was like, 
Well, Kirk really does come off like a war criminal in this. <laughs> I mean, only only to a point. Um, no, he abandoned them. Didn't tell anyone. Yeah, they didn't, didn't tell check anyone. Check in on them to make sure that they were, I guess, not. Hey, Dead? look, you're the one who's always, like, uh, uh, law of the sea captain has power over life or death. Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing yeah. a parade for it, so you pick one. You <laughs> pick one, Kareen. Either he had the authority to do that because they were a ship at sea. I am not playing putting the blame on Kirk for this one. No, I, I think... I am putting it on Starfleet and someone who... Oh, sure. Like, the oversight committee It's this? just that at the end of the episode, we don't get the impression that it was secret. And the thing is no. that it's not like they threw him off, they, they like, ejected the, the Botany Bay in a hurry. They were, they had defeated them. They had soundly defeated them. To the point where, I don't remember her name, but... Marla? Marla. Who oh, is Khan's uh, yeah, she unexpected the girlfriend. The romance historian. Makes, yeah. like... In a moment of total calm, they're like, what do you want to do, Marla? And she goes with calm. Yes. It's not like they're in the middle of a battle and they, like, jet them off into space and run away. It's like, we've already won. We're going to send you off to, to SETI Alpha 5. And then, and, you know, maybe start up. There's even an implication that there's going to be some kind of official follow-up. But no, this makes not. it seem like they marooned them on, on SETI Alpha, whatever, and erased all the logs and never told anyone. Yeah. Yep. Like, the crew has kept this secret for all this for 15 years. And I really actually enjoy the way that Chekhov, watching his face. Walter Koenig is doing yeah. some great face <laughs> stuff here because you see him looking around. You see him go, hang on a second, when he sees the revenge books. Mm. And then he sees the seatbelt and he sees Botany Bay and his face sort of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, Leave fuck. Now. While trying not to tell the captain what he just realized because mm. it's still a secret. That's nonsensical. Yeah, it's like, he's sort of like, you can see him weighing, oh, Khan's gonna fucking kill us, against, oh, we're gonna be in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. Of course, then the decision is taken out of his hands. Okay, can we talk about, Kim, I'm gonna give this description to you. Mm-hmm. Khan's, like, dune-esque <laughs> I, weather gear. Yes. I was looking at it more as, like, cozy Lost Boys, because it's all knits. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's like 700 scarves. Yeah. Okay, but the and one that's really kick ass gloves. Yeah. Is like, I don't even know. There are like, magnets involved. It's like, I he, liked it. he yeah, I enjoyed it. Tore it off of Boy Jarge's chest. <laughs> yeah. And like, like stuck it on his face. <laughs> yeah. His, his head is like basically wrapped in scarves, mummy yeah. style, with like yeah. futuristic mm-hmm. sunglasses. Yeah. And then he's like peeling them off, but it's all very structured. Yeah. The thing about all of this is that it's clearly like put together with crap they had lying around and had to do because of uh, the climate. Strong disagree. Well, disagree. It must have been. They okay. didn't have any other no. source of They're cloth. wearing no. matching orange sweaters for the entire <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like movie. the and weird I- outer layers to like protect them from the windstorms or whatever, it actually like what? Okay, okay, what? okay, okay. What far off ship has that kind of twi- it twinkles when it moves because it has little bedazzles on it. <laughs> do, do you remember Khan before and his many bedazzlings? I remember all of his bedazzles. You don't think that the Superman when they you know went off into space to await their new kingdom didn't stuff the hold with like cloth of gold and bedazzle? Are you saying that they had a special like, yes. space wardrobe? One hundred percent, yes. <laughs> well. Shit, I guess. <laughs> My the other part about this is that of course they get caught and Chekhov is like explaining what happened, which is nonsensical. <laughs> and he's like, "We gave him hospitality." And well, he tried initially, to kill us. initially that is true. Yeah, he's just upset. In fact, way more than I think they should have given them. 
No, I would have killed him immediately. Oh, but... these people, they're clearly fucking space criminals. Let's not wake them up. Okay. Problem solved. Speaking of criminal acts, mm. the giant ear oh, that yeah. they make <laughs> oh my the space God. eel go through is the most oh. disgusting it's such a shame. thing I have ever seen. Because the space eel itself, I thought, was quite good. Mm-hmm. But uh, the yeah. ear good was puppetry. not. I ear was horrendous. hated the space eels. What about? Just because they were gross, or? Well, A, yes, they were gross. <laughs> it was disgusting, and I don't need to watch bugs crawl into anybody's ears. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> um, but I also dislike them as a plot device. Mm. A very convenient oh, yeah, plot for device. Sure, for, sure, for sure, for sure. Yes. I remember Ari telling us about this in the con episode when we got to the end. Yeah. And they, were, they were controlled by space slugs, and hating the idea then, and forgetting about it, and seeing it, and remembering Ari telling me about that, it's and then you got it. angry all over Yeah, and then yeah. I got angry all over the again. The thing is, though, that narratively there's no other way Khan could have gotten what he wanted. He needed someone that Kirk would trust absolutely implicitly. That's Chekhov. It's the only person he has access to. And the only way he could get Chekhov to betray Kirk the way he does is by literally taking over his body. It's true. Like, the only other way you could do it was through, like, sexy nipple hypnosis. <laughs> Which, I mean... Which is almost worse, I think. <laughs> yeah. there's no way to force them... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no. he needed a tool, and the only way to gain the tool was with creepy ear eels, so... Mm-hmm. And it was super gross, so, They were you know, appropriately disgusting. They were very disgusting. They were. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why it detached from his brain at the end yeah, and, like, ran away. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I feel like there should have been some intervention there, like, yeah. medically necessary, not just burrowing I back just out of enough. his brain. Yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. Because the poor other captain, Tyrell. Yeah. Is that it? I think so. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Anyways, he kills himself. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it is in, almost implied that he didn't try hard enough. <laughs> like, I don't, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if someone had phasered him and then it fell out, fine. Yeah. But it just seems like the little bug was like, well, like, at this point, my point the script is done, so I'm, I might as well just oh, go home. Yeah. yeah. That's why I disliked about it, too. It's just plot convenience. Yeah, well, it's like, why didn't someone, like, stun him yes. and, yes. you know. There's, um, there's an episode of Next Gen where you find out that there's a bunch of, like, brain aliens taking yes. over a bunch of... And at that point, they're defeated by, like, stunning the host or whatever, and there's, mm-hmm. a, like, an actual way that they're defeated. This one was just like, oh, I guess this plot... <laughs> The story's over. I should probably release yeah. this character so he can appear in the next few films. Yep. Bye! Yeah. Let me bloodily gush out of his ear. Very <laughs> gushy. Like, he's dead. Yeah. You know what oh, your yeah. ear is connected to? <laughs> the brain. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. No, it's he not, is dead. It's not very well executed, but the implication is that they just fought and succeeded in fighting. Yeah, to except the point for the where... other captain who just Well, he killed, killed himself. himself. Well, he killed himself to stop himself from doing what Khan ordered him to do. Yeah. I mean, that is what it appears to be. Well, and also, what's the mechanism? Is it that... Because the suggestibility, like, why would he be more suggestible to Khan than to Kirk? Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. As a suggestible puppet, why does well, Khan Kirk have actually, power? Dang, Kirk, that's a good point. Kirk yeah. never actually gives him an order until that... I'm until pretty sure he's like, situation. you don't have to do this. Yeah, yeah. like... It's it's yeah. It's his suggestibility should have been open to everybody, not just Khan. To like yeah. Chekhov, they could have like suggested to each other. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Yeah, on like, the other hand, 
Um, when we first meet Khan, there's great to do made of how persuasive and charismatic he is, and they talk a lot about oh, yeah. the, histor- the his history, the sexy, sexy pheromones. Yeah, that he basically had like this Man totally mask. impossible to resist aura for everyone, and the people who manage is so like there's that already kind of built into the universe. Mm-hmm. And if you think about like in terms of like being able to will yourself to break it. The parasites like this that exist in nature mm-hmm. don't work on people mainly because we're capable of resisting suggestion. So, although they're still doing studies on the yeah. ones that come from cats, yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, in fact, a large portion of humans have this particular parasite, mm-hmm. um, and they're still doing studies on how exactly it affects people's brains because they're not sure because you can't really test before and after. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh. You would say that if you lived with a cat. Yes. Your cat oh has suggested God. that you think it's cool. <laughs> so yeah, on the Enterprise, I would like to talk about everyone's outfits, but I would like to start with Team Beige's no sleeves, which I was not expecting that kind of gun show on the Enterprise. Like, it shocked me. It shocked me. Okay, whose gun show are we talking about right now? Okay, we're back on the Enterprise. Right. Because... Uh, Kirk is going for an inspection. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My God, that ship, like, slides out like butter out of the station. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, I was going to go get a glass of water, but oh, we're finished? Like, okay. Uh, so this is so the version. better. This is the so version of um, engineering, or at least a part of it, that Universal Studios used to have. I can't remember what it was called, but basically they would call kids up from the audience, oh. and they'd give you costumes and then you'd like act out a scene and they'd film it and send it home with you so this is the version of engineering that um they used for that and these are the version these are the costumes that they gave us to wear did yours have sleeves mine had sleeves because i don't know why theirs didn't have sleeves it's a mystery shocked to see that much bare what is happening the engineering outfits yes yeah they were weird yeah weird (laughs) yes they had no sleeves well only some of them didn't have sleeves. yeah the sexy guys yeah i assume they sort of like walked out like okay you and you and 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 you You'll notice that the uh, pale wee one who dies tragically, yeah. uh, he's got sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see your spindle arms. He was yeah. an actual actor. Was he? I don't know. I'm Question making... mark? <laughs> no idea. Uh, Add a death scene to the resume. Yeah. yeah. Might as well. Um, anyways, nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Spock's quarters, guys. Spock's Yes. With the, like... Yes. The giant wall spindle. Bangle art. Yeah. Apparently I was paying no attention Are to you, I'm joking? really surprised you didn't notice this because it was a giant IDIC made out of spangles. Yeah. Was it? Was in yeah. the background oh, of a bunch of Kirk's shots. Sort of, sort of yes. gently undulating yeah, in the background. Watching it. Yeah. It was, it was very like, shiny. This, I, I was like, wow. Why does he have sequins? Like a wall of sequins. Yeah. Sequin art. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, they were Kirk's, huge sequins. Or, um, Spock's quarters have always been ultra dramatic, what with all the yes. red red curtains and like I do think this lighting. was a step up but, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. There is a giant hunk of like red crystal in the corner yeah. for reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the giant wall hanging <laughs> yeah. was a surprise. It was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a surprise. Um, again, we come into a discussion of safe words. Yeah. Well, he's, this conversation in this space is happening because, um, basically, uh, Khan orders Chekhov to call Carol Marcus and say Starfleet's taking Genesis to prompt her to call Kirk for help. Well, no. She's calling Kirk to come To yell at him. <laughs> like, Who the fuck do you think you are? My favorite part is Chekhov calls up Carol Marcus. 
Hello. <laughs> I am definitely not a zombie. I need to take your thing. Well, and she's like, why? Well, when and there's like a 15 minute pause. Yeah. When Chekhov oh, no. says that he was calling Carol Marcus on Kirk's order, yes. was that the influence of Khan? Yes. Or was yes. that Chekhov mm-hmm. trying to get her to call no. Kirk so he'd come and save them? No. I think I it's think part he, of Kirk, or Khan's plan, plan to get okay. Kirk yeah. there. Because... Yeah. He only kind of cares about the giant science bomb. He really wants to get Kirk. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the giant science bomb is just plot convenience because he finds yes. out about it on the planet. Also, okay. like my other piece of trivia, their ultimate showdown and it was 12 pages of dialogue originally. <laughs> and it was supposed to be also, I think, something like a very, very long sword fight. <laughs> yes! That would have been so great. Great. <laughs> I'm just going to imagine that that did actually happen. Mm-hmm. I assume while still quoting Space Shakespeare. They are never on the screen together. No, that no. is a real goddamn shame. But on the other hand, it's also kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, again, this is a very naval movie, right? It is. It is a very naval Where movie. Where you never meet your opposing captain. Basically, this, the showdown ends with like Kirk hanging off the side of the ship with his wrist like <laughs> knotted in a rope, like waving a sword to cut their sails or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a nebula. <laughs> yes like that I'm sure the fan art exists somewhere it's all good that it's one shot good. in the nebula where they just like pop up yeah. from behind I love that I was like yeah it was like, good because we yeah, were talking yeah. about how, how did they make the spaceship emote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you could hear the sound of that <laughs> the ship is making yeah. to itself yeah, yeah. Plus, okay, here's the other great thing about that that showdown. In fact, this movie in general is we acknowledge that space is three-dimensional and yes. we use it yes. a lot. Finally, 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 Thank finally, you. finally. Don't get used to it. You can oh. go up. You can go down. You can go from side to side. You don't just need to go into a straight line. Yeah. That is the advantage but of like, spaceship. But, like, it is specifically a strategy used to the point where we get all these really cool shots of, like, one ship passing below and the mm-hmm. other ship passing above and neither of them seeing each other. And I was just like, yes! It's very ships in the fog, Horatio It's Hormel, great. Yeah. Which I love, which is why I think this is a great film. Anyways, so, yeah, Chekhov also, like, we are coming for the thing. <laughs> yes. And Carol Marcus shows up. Apparently, Reception is real shitty in space. Yeah. <laughs> which is bullshit. I didn't understand why the, why they had the, the interference on the call other than just, like, to make it more difficult to figure That's out That's exactly happening. why. Yeah. I think it was deliberate, because her is, like, it's being jamming. blocked, it's being jammed yeah. from the other yeah. end. Yeah, so they are jamming it so that he'll be like, oh, what's the mystery? Mm. And has to come and check it, it out. It is. First he has Spock's permission before taking over a ship, which I feel like, poor Seventh Heaven Dad. <laughs> it was a step up from the last movie. I felt like Kirk grew as a person. He, did. he really you know did. He doesn't even ask. Everybody else suggests it, because he's, like, he's learned his lesson. I feel like... Yeah, he got told off in the last movie yeah. and has just been pouting ever since. Yeah, and he's like, to the he point, really wants to, but he's not going to. Yeah, to the point where they're like, come on! For the love of it's God, there. just give him a starship. Well, you, you can't go up to someone and say, this is my ship now, and you're going to be my second in command, mm-hmm. bitch. <laughs> so instead, this time, all of his friends, who he actually sees as equals, are like, God, please just take yeah. it. And yeah. Spock is please. like, it's cool. It's, it's fine. The best. I'm good. It's fine. I didn't really want to be a captain anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, my and then of course there's a showdown between uh, the two ships, Ghost Ship by Khan, <laughs> and the Enterprise by Shatner. And we found the Reliant. She's not herself today. Okay. It's just sitting there. And mm-hmm. nobody, except for Savick, at which point this I, is very, she really very grew on stupid. me because yeah. she's like, we should put up our shields. Yeah. yeah. You and know Kurt's what? Like, no, it's not tradition. But it's, you know, sensible. And she's like, it's regulation. <laughs> I wonder yeah, if this would be regulation just... for a reason. Yeah. Well, turns out it is mm. because if that ship is taken over, there's nothing in its coding to say that it won't fire the yeah. fuck out of you. It's really <laughs> a funny thing because later on you get the impression that just having your shields up all the time is normal. Mm. Why? Because it's guess space. what? Space yeah. is full of danger. <laughs> there's radiation everywhere. You can be there millions of light years from a star and still be dead of radiation. Have you seen that picture? Was it? Uh, Chris Hadfield posted of the tiny rock yeah. yes. that made the giant yes. dent in the yep. space station. Space is full of rocks and radiation. It went through like three, four inches of yeah. metal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. guys, like, there's I, no friction. I Anything can go as fast as it wants. I feel like in later Star Trek, they maybe make a differentiation between deflectors and shields. Yeah. yeah they Whereas, just, like, you, you fly around with deflectors yeah. on and then just shields something go would up. would be a good for, idea. Which, yeah. in original they refer at least by the time we get to the movies they're all over the place in the in the show but of course that's normal um is that they distinguish between uh screens and shields deflectors mm. sounds way better uh but in this case they appear to have neither going <laughs> no and Savick's like uh guys gu- guys this is clearly hella it's like suspicious. if you were going to a sword fight and the other person <laughs> just stood there like with knives for days and then you very slowly took off all of your clothing to just stand there naked. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? To be fair, that was traditional for a while. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so great. So, oh god. Yeah, there's some great, like, great, not so much shaky cam, but like people leaping over consoles. This is some A++ bridge shake dance. A++. So A++++. So much better than the wormhole from the last oh, movie. Yeah. And then we get... The vibrating magic bed. Oh. So, I think, does Khan actually reveal himself at this point? I think he does. Is this where we get the yeah. glamour shot of, like, Khan and the Connets on the bridge? Yes. They come in and they get this beautiful front on of, like, Khan in the um, the captain's chair. Mm-hmm. And all of his henchmen, like, artfully arranged around him. Because they had to pose. Yeah. You know they had to pose. They had to. Yeah, they couldn't help it. it. was great. Jamal, Jamal, get in the back. You know you're taller than that. It was <laughs> fabulous. Francois, Francois, to the left. Mm, no, your shirt doesn't quite match. Okay, you switch with Jacqueline. <laughs> some of them did not even move. No. Like, no. In some no. Of the what are all these? What are no. they doing here? They're when just... his minion went flying yeah. into yeah. someone's lap, yeah. she's yeah. still sitting there in the background doing nothing. <laughs> and was... he's in her lap. It was great. That entire sequence of, like, just Khan and team was yeah. amazing. <laughs> and this is where Khan's dialogue really... I mean, he's been doing some great, great work, but this is where his dialogue really starts to shine. Um, when he starts quoting Klingon <coughs> Shakespeare, Proverbs, revenge is a death, best... Uh, it's a dish. It's a dish, best served cold. It is very cold in space. <laughs> <laughs> but where, yes! where the hell would Khan, who was sleeping in a ship from 1996, so 15 know. years ago, and then abandoned on a planet, learn about Klingon problems? These are excellent questions that I do not have the fucking answer to. We should all go back to the bookshelf and take a look. That's mm. why I was asking, is why yeah. is there only human literature As there? far as I am aware. Also, other- where would they have gotten Klingon literature anyway? 
Exactly. Yeah, there's like there's no way for them to have gotten that. And maybe as far the Enterprise as librarian like supplied them with something. Mm. To Possible. Them happy. I yes. Also, yeah. my other question about Khan's di- dialogue was half of it just Moby Dick, <laughs> and a couple of other choice things, but. Yeah, but he Star Trek it. really loves it some Moby Dick, though, Kim. Yeah, I know. Which I'm I totally did not mean that, that as a dirty which joke, totally, but it's also that. I'm totally fine with it, but yeah. it felt like half of his dialogue was like, I'm pretty sure that's Moby Dick. But it worked. Yeah. yeah. It worked. In it's fact, so I great. think it was for the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they are shot to shit, but apparently there's like this secret thing that if you punch in the code for your other <laughs> shit, that it just shuts it off. So they all have secret codes for each other's shields. I assume no one has the Enterprise's transponder codes. It's like having the key to someone else's house. You can get in. Yeah. So just in case their house attacks you, I feel I like they just so. prank each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> you? Whoops, yeah. Your shield Imagine if you're playing like war games. Yeah. Like, that'd be your first thing. Did they use that in an enter in an in an I'm sure episode with does. war games? Because there's at least two episodes of war games, and so, I feel like okay, yeah. everyone in this scene because they they need to do it all like secret secret is like dripping sweat. <laughs> I thought this was so Do clever. I was so proud why. of everybody. Uh, Okay, Shatner has to blot himself. Yeah, yeah. I I looked at I was like I was also like crafting while I was doing this. So I wasn't paying mm-hmm. super attention, but I did see Shatner dripping with sweat, and my question was why? Well, well I would say tradition. everything they're wearing is made of velvet and velour and polyester. It's heavy. I've worn one of those uniform jackets. They're fucking heavy. Tradition. Okay, and my, tradition. My second to last piece of trivia. I assume the AC was out also since they just mm-hmm. got exploded. Fair, fair, fair. Is that during this scene, there's the part where Shatner has to essentially say, like, punch it. Mm. And he couldn't stop bad acting. <laughs> he was like, punch it! Punch it! Punch it! And the director's like, okay, but could you say it in a way that doesn't immediately give away everything? And Shatner's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Punch it! <laughs> punch it! And the director's like... Okay. So he just made him keep doing it over and over and over again until he got so bored of saying it that eventually they got a take they just could hear. literally wore him down. Yeah. Perfect. Which pretty much sums up how I think Shatner approaches all acting. Yeah. But it's great. It's so great. So yeah. And then Scotty shows up on the bridge with a dead, like, smoked barbecue guy. Which is what his little protege. What was the point of that? Other than, like, I thought maybe the, the turbo lift got, like, he was on his way to sick bay and somebody pushed the button for the turbo lift. Oh, and the I assume so, yeah. Like when you're in an elevator. Yeah, and you're like, like oh, maybe fuck. when they're getting shot at, only, like, two of the turbo lifts work. Okay, my... Plus, like, timing-wise, it was supposed to, because Kirk's like, let's go see how bad hurt we are. Oh, yeah, oh, we're real we immediately know. It's this hurt. It's yeah. this much hurt. Okay, engineering is, like, the bottom bits of the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Because if you are unlucky enough to be an engineer, you are essentially shoveling coal. Because if something goes wrong, they will just shut the door and you're on your own. Which I feel is really... One of my favorite things that happens in Next Gen is when there's some sort of engine emergency and the door is lowering to seal off the, the warp cores, are going and down. all of the crew are dashing underneath it and rolling, and Jordy's like, go, go, go. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I really happens. enjoy that also. I feel like you should build more redundancies into the actual <laughs> engines themselves to prevent that from having to be a thing. Oh, for well, sure. They have but lots. From visually dramatic. Yeah. I mean, they did have, like, face masks and everything, so it felt yeah. like they were just... 
locking it down yeah. so it didn't get elsewhere I and then you could breathe. Those other guys trying, trapped behind that door are dead. I'm trying to think, Some well, I mean, if they don't, like, close, I, mean, I don't know if we ever actually see them eject a warp core in any of the original mm. series stuff, but, like, later on, there's a bulkhead that slams down and then they eject that fucker into space because if they don't, it's going to explode and destroy the entire ship. Yeah. So, like, I get the bulkheads need to come down, but, yeah, but it's very dramatic why also. Why not just around the actual warp head itself? Why the whole room? Well, it's the part of the room that the, the warp core is in. Yeah, but why not just do the core? And then it's structurally else in the room easier to okay. do it at a place where the wall joins the rest of the ship. Well, in engineering, you do not do what is easy. You do <laughs> what is best. Well, no, I mean, there's in some cases, what is easier is more structurally sound. It's you why would, sometimes there's, like, a pillar in the middle of a fucking room. You would more, be the worst engineer. Well, there are many reasons why I'm not an engineer, <laughs> anyway, but probably yeah. true. So they go to the satellite where Carol Marcus is supposed to be, I guess, mm-hmm. and they yeah. find a fuck ton of dead people. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, not expecting that. No. I, yeah. And there was just a dead dead arms on yeah, like faces. Hanging. And, like, yeah. they were dangling. They were... Like, they, they were super dead, but they, they were, strung like, up. strung up by yes. their feet, and, like, yes. their bodies yes. tipped and over tortured the side of the ledge. Yeah. That was yeah. super violent. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I had totally forgotten the whole, like, spooky abandoned space station segment, which mm. made the dead body that, who is it, walks directly into it. Yeah. There was is, it McCoy who walked I think it was McCoy, Because yeah. he gives a very womanly he's, shriek. He's the one who would scream the most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then also be like, ah, dead yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. So there are rats in space. Yep. Just yeah. letting you rats know. Rats go everywhere. I hated that. I didn't like that there was a rat there. I loved it. Because rats again, go everywhere. In the naval tradition. Uh, it's part of it. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, this is my direct note that I had at this sequence. Oh, this movie is actually directed... <laughs> True. Accurate. We also get to see uh, return two of the expedition jackets, and these ones are much better than they were in motion picture. I like these. Jackets. I love these yeah. jackets. I was like, I would wear that. That is a great Same. winter jacket. <laughs> we also get to see like an early version of the UFP crest on their shoulders. It is not as nice as the later one, but it's pretty cool too, mm. I guess. Sure. This is actually the first movie in which we hear the words United Federation of Planets. Mm. Cool, so cool, 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 that's cool, important cool. for continuity and stuff. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so Chekhov and Royal Tyrell Museum also beam down to this planet where Captain Carol Chirwell. Marcus and the dickhead of a son is there. And he blames oh, yeah, into Kirk the... for all of this? Because mm-hmm. he's a dickhead. Well, because Chekhov I... had said that it was Kirk's... Okay. Pretty sure Kirk didn't slit all those guys' throats. No. Here's the thing, and I know that they do this all the time, but, like, they don't know for a fact that there's anything inside the planetoid. They're just like, well, they went. I'm sure it's fine. We'll just go to the same place. What if they materialized inside of the rock? Or it's full of bees. Or it's full of bees. (laughs) Or snakes. Mm. Or anything. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Like, that cave looked like it could have been full of yep. dinosaurs. So, like, it's 100% in character for everyone involved, but that doesn't make it less dumb. Oh, would you like me to, to actually logic this out? Because I can, <laughs> as to why it would be a good idea it's to fine. be down there. It's fine. Okay. You can have your point, but know that Ari's actually wrong, and then the plot no, no. totally sustains it. No, the plot absolutely sustains it. Just on a, on a basic human level, it is no. very risky. No, it is not. We can talk. We can take this. It's fine. Never mind. Anyways. 
most importantly in this scene is that Kirk calls Khan a bloodsucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the worst insult you could think of. Oh, yeah, and they find in a box. Yeah, that was... For a moment, until I remembered that everything was still garbage, I was like, oh, poor Chekhov. Oh, shit, wait. Oh, because they, they were locked in a box. They were locked in a box. Yeah. That's really mean. Yeah. That seemed excessive. Yeah. He's had a really life. hard day. I mean, at least they weren't strung up and tortured. Yeah, but, but they, they were plants. Plans. They yeah. were plants. Mm-hmm. Like, in the real world, I don't believe Chekhov would, like, hide in a box while the civilians were being murdered. But everyone was, you know... Tensions were high, so whatever. I'll, I'll let it go that that didn't occur to yeah. you. I, However, I didn't read it as he was hidden in a box, like that he hid himself in the box. That I read it that Khan left them because they yeah. were unconscious. Kind There's of also way. the fact that I don't really have anything to support this, but I kind of feel like Kirk was already suspicious when they find them. Mm. Like, he clearly knows something is up and Khan is around somewhere and he so always has like he 75 plans. Well, he does eventually. He they use code. They set up a plan with Spock. Okay, but they could have very easily been killed by Chekhov and Royal Tyrell Museum yeah. at any time. Of course they could, but he wanted to get some bigger prize. They wanted Genesis by this point. The only way they were going to get okay. that was okay. by sending no, no, Chekhov. No, 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 no. Have someone beam down, but when they beam down, have someone standing behind those two assholes with two phasers. That's not untrue. That okay, you can have your bet, you can pretend like you're being played. <laughs> but have someone behind them with two phasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, Carol Marcus is a delight, but she raised a total asshole. She did. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Uh, just a petulant man child. He really, really is. Really is. I feel like she might have been slightly more interested in her work than yeah, her a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he perhaps did not get a whole lot of raising. No, plus, like, the fact that she's clearly fond of Kirk, even though they're no longer together, it's like, well, you never had any interest in me. Mm. How dare you like this other human being? Well, yeah, his intense obsession. His with- intense sexual jealousy? No, I was going to say his intense <laughs> obsession wow. with his work could also be a bid for mother's approval. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was an inattentive mother. What a mm-hmm. terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that went. No, I take that back. I actually really liked Carol. I thought mm-hmm. she was great. Yeah. So they actually managed to use code because three years of the show apparently finally taught them something. (laughs) Kirk calls up to the ship. He's like, if you don't hear from us in such and such time, get the fuck out of here. Mm. But it's code. But it's code for come back in two hours. (laughs) (laughs) So they have the little showdown and Khan takes Genesis and uh, Khan wears one glove for a lot of this movie. Yep. At least yep. from an artistic point of view. <laughs> because you are an artist and he is an artist. Mm. Why? Well, it's very dramatic. Maybe, is it? And yeah. it's bedazzled. Boy, it, it is bedazzled all within an inch of its life. <laughs> it could have bad circulation. Maybe. It's true. Maybe, Maybe cold. Space is Maybe cold. Maybe he's drawing on a Cintiq. I mean, that's Maybe. why I wear one. Or it's like an Nintendo Power <laughs> Glove sort of deal. Mm-hmm. It does look kind of cyber techy. Mm-hmm. It has tiny, like, little metal black things. smears all over yeah. it. I think it's just fashion. Yeah. Oh. I think he's just very fashionable. He's very fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So, walk, walk fashion, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we also find out that Kirk didn't know about David. Yeah. Which is like, didn't he? No. 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 Really? He no, works no. it out. 
once he I realizes thought, that Carol has a Carol's son, backwards. he does some basic math. And he math. looks at that curly, curly hair, and he's like, oh, oh. shit. Yeah. He, didn't he say that Carol asked him to stay away? Yeah, but she didn't tell him about the kid. Yeah. She I said, that, we're done, I'm leaving. I thought she never away from again. me, I think. Was yeah. What, yeah. Oh, the implication I took from that was she said, I would prefer if you were not involved in raising mm, this nope. child. He never Please go off and be a starship captain in the deep, dark, dangerous parts of space. <laughs> no. no. She never tells, she never told him. Oh, and, I did not get and that And his face, all. I really, okay, you know what? This is a really good, the, Shatner did good, good work here, because he's clearly gutted. Because, mm. like, he just, like, sits down, like, his entire body just gave out on him. It's yeah, like, because he has a shitty oh. son. Yes, that also is It's true. his only son, and it's a shitty son. Yeah, I guess well, that's the only son he part knows of. of. Fair point. <laughs> Actually, Fair as far as I'm point. aware, he's the only son we ever hear of. The only Does offspring. his son get deaded? You'll have to watch the next movie, I'm pretty you? sure he does. Oh, he's in the next movie? Well, I'm can guessing be s- briefly. <laughs> <laughs> At least, yes. Uh, but yeah, like they have this little moment where she's like, well, I wanted to keep him and I didn't want him like chasing you through space. And Kirk's like, yeah, I guess that's fair. Glad we had this talk. Mm-hmm. Now come see this cave of wonder. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Yeah, and it is pretty great. Cave. It is pretty cool. Great Someone had a lot of fun building that. There's some weird perspective going on though that was Yeah, to make it look big. Yeah. Well, no, when they're or like when the, looking the down shot. The yeah. The ledge and yeah. then the... the yeah, the waterfall is like yeah. Yeah. at a different perspective. I <laughs> spent a lot of like, time trying to figure out exactly what fucking shape this cavern is. Yeah, but guys, like, how's gravity working here? <laughs> Wobbly. Yeah. yeah. Wobbly. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, it all comes to a head. Yeah. And um, Spock dies. Mm. You know what? I'm really angry that Into Darkness spoiled me for this entire <laughs> yes. scene. Yes. Yeah. You J.J. Abrams. I think I would have really enjoyed this. It, it was yeah. It was yeah. well done. It this, was well acted. Yeah. Yes. It this, was heart wrenching. This like, this scene was good. Yeah. It was yep. emotional. Yeah. It felt earned. Mm-hmm. It was a earned, call, yes. It was a callback to the earlier scene in the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was good. This it scene was good. Has haunted me. Um, <laughs> it is. It is the principal reason why the second reboot movie still fills me with unquenchable fury, because that movie did not deserve this scene. Mm. I've given it the Kobayashi Maru scene. I would have given it that. That's fine. It's a great scene. It's adaptable. But Mm. this scene, it did not deserve. It had no right to it. No. That movie was garbage. I will say I really enjoyed the first reboot movie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The second one. I have some issues, but I could have let it go. But, like, the second one. Like, like, fuck you. Fuck you, J.J. Abrams. (laughs) He essentially stole it. He did. He straight up stole it. He stole the first scene and he stole this. Mm -hmm. Like, whole cloth, almost. Word for word in some places. Well, he swapped it around so it was Kirk inside the bin, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but and they try and make it a callback, but it feels every very, Kobayashi Maru scene is. It the feels same, like and he every... did uh, find and replace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Not a not just no so infuriating. And again, like you feel like throughout this entire movie that they have a history and they have a rapport, and this represents mm-hmm. who Spock is. And here's mm-hmm. the thing: is that it's not just Kirk and Spock; it's also Bones, mm-hmm. because yeah. Bones is Bones is actually in this scene before Kirk is. Bones and yeah. in, Bones is the one who emotionally initiates this whole thing. Yeah, and then Scotty passes out, which I also enjoy. Yeah, Scotty has radiation poisoning, <laughs> so he's a little he incapacitated. <laughs> Bones tries to physically stop Spock from doing it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but didn't Spock distract him by going, look, yeah, over there! Yes. Yes. Because, 
because Bones always thinks the emotional argument's going to work. Bones is not a master tactician. He is no. not. Um, no. And then he does something that's going to become important in the next film, where he says, remember, and he initiates a sort of a mind meld thingy mm-hmm. before he, like, marches mm-hmm. off to die of radiation Really? Poisoning. I missed, I missed mm-hmm. everything in this. Yeah. yeah. Astro- the and, then, and then he does a lot of, like, face cuddle. Yeah. yeah. I need to stop crafting while I'm watching. <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. It would probably help. Good God. In, like, the visuals. But, like, during, during the bit of this scene... Monster. <laughs> During the part of the scene where Spock is doing his like his tragic last lines and, and Kirk is like sobbing like a child on the other side of the glass, Bones is right behind him. Mm-hmm, yeah. And his face is worse than Kirk's. Mm-hmm. No one's face is worse than Spock's because no. the makeup that they have so lacked and peeling off of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it did look sufficiently horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to have that because it's all I could stare at. <laughs> Like, that's a really gross It's supposed color to of be, play. I think it's supposed to be really difficult to look at. I mean, maybe not in the way that it happened for you. <laughs> yeah, this is aesthetic. But it's supposed to be, like, difficult to look at, but you still want to look because you feel like you you ha- you are obligated to mm. look, to mm. watch. Like, that's why Kirk is there. Like, Kirk doesn't look away for a second. Neither does anyone else in the room. They're watching because they're like, well, Spock made this huge sacrifice. Also, for he's us. giving a speech. Mm-hmm. And he's giving a speech. But it's like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to witness this, even though it's killing me. Yeah, but he's obviously not going to die. I mean, he kind of dies. I mean, he does die. But (laughs) maybe the worst part of this before is that Spock sort of realizes, okay, I've got to fix this because no one else can, because they're all squishy humans and Scotty's unconscious. And he just sort of gets up and leaves in the middle of the battle. And Kirk doesn't notice that he's gone until it's already too late. Mm -hmm. And that's really quite upsetting. Yeah, but it all turns out okay, because his coffin ends up on the new planet, and... Yeah, this isn't... I think it's the first time we see a torpedo funeral. Yeah, I think it is the first time we see a torpedo funeral. So when you die in Starfleet, you get loaded into a torpedo and shot into space. (laughs) You know what? That sounds great to me. If I die in space, that is definitely how I want to be Right? Like, I would like to be shot into the sun, but that's definitely... There've got to be thousands of those zipping around. Well, I yeah. imagine most of them get drawn to stars. Danger. Yeah. They actually Other say ships. in the Voyager episode they say that mo- the one that where the the crewman gets brought back to life by the alien race. I don't remember this one. She dies in some early episode, and then they bring her back because there's this alien species that reproduces by reanimating corpses. Oh. It was horrifying, but oh, there's this whole talk about like, well, why did you shoot bodies into space if you're not done with them? Because they try and take okay. her back. Did they reanimate her, or do they have to have sex on top of a dead body in order? No, to they like they wow. use they use genetic engineering <laughs> to like turn them into their species. And what? but but there's a whole talk about like, well, why you just shoot your bodies into space? And Janeway is like, well, most of them get drawn into stars, so it's not really an issue. Mm. But why not aim them towards stars if that's the case? That is an excellent question. Well, didn't they aim Spock towards a star? No. Because the planet, I thought he... The planet, the planet draws it in, him into its well, gravity well. then he, wouldn't he burn up in the atmosphere? That is a good question. Yeah. I feel like he should have, but I guess narrative reasons. I guess perhaps as the planet is still forming, it maybe doesn't have an atmosphere? Maybe. There you go. Yeah, maybe. That's actually we'll a really good... That that's, that's a, a good thing. They, they stand up on the bridge to have a dramatic sort of send-off for Spock... There Kirk, were bagpipes. Bag okay, yeah. don't be excited about that. I fucking they were love not, bagpipes. They did not have a great start. Also, I'm really sure they could have found a better song than "Amazing Grace," mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm but that's okay. I Kirk, kind of laughed at the bagpipes. Yeah. I was like, so really? Much. Well, no, the really? bagpipes. So they keep Just doing the bagpipes. Yes. The bagpipes. Well, it's kind of like. Like, I get it in, like, Battlestar Galactica when they do that kind of stuff. It's and, like, pretty it's, traditional. It's like, it is, it's like, but also, 
like it it's was just goofy. Su- it's kind of goofy in this context. Yeah. Just because it's so far removed from anything we've seen before. Well, on the other hand, it's literally Scotty playing bagpipes. Th- that's the only reason I accepted it in that context. And you know what? Funer- funerals are for the living. Scotty, mm-hmm. like, walked up to Kirk. He's like, Captain, yeah. I just, I feel like well, I hang need on. to send him off in the proper way. Did we actually see Scotty? Yes. 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 Yeah, it's the only yeah. reason I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. It's Scotty playing you the- look up at the screen? <laughs> Yeah, I looked up when I heard bagpipes. I was like, "Oh, they're piping!" And you didn't bagpipes. look to see who was playing. I them? definitely looked. I saw nobody e. playing bagpipes. He's I was in the middle of the screen. It was pre-recorded. He snap dab in He's the middle of the screen, away. holding bagpipes <laughs> in his arms like a crying child. Yeah. Nope. Yes, yeah. that is a thing that happened. So, oh. yeah. And I was online shopping. There's also a moment where Kirk's in his quarters before David comes in to be like, "Okay, I guess you're an okay dad." <laughs> Where we realize that his he's glass, not. Where his, he's not. His glasses he's a bad are broken. Dad. We're just like, oh, because yeah. his heart is broken. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, David's a dickhead. He comes he, in. He's not a bad. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm proud of you. I guess. Yeah. I guess <laughs> Who it's cares? Fine. Who cares what you think? You're yeah. gonna be dead soon anyway. But <laughs> that was one of the most awkward hugs I've yes. seen. Like okay, the, but mm. here is how I interpreted it, and that is that Kirk needed to hug someone, and he couldn't hug anybody else. Yeah. Like, the only other person who would have gladly given him a hug is Bones, and I do not think that he is capable of asking Bones like, for comfort right mm, now. Maybe... Like, Spock probably... Spock, not a hugger. Scotty's probably, like, eight bottles drunk by now. Scotty in his also grief. seems like a crier. Like, if you oh, Scotty is a crier. Scotty would just that is canon. over you. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> which leaves Bones, who he doesn't really want to break down in front of right What's now. Sulu? I think Sulu would give great hugs. I feel like he would, but I don't think they have exactly that kind of friendship. Mm. That's because he won't promote Sulu. So like, so like, Kirk has this sort of like he stares at David and he like sort of narrows his eyes and he's like, "You're supposed to be able to hug your kids, right? Okay, let's go." <laughs> that's a thing that that's a thing that happens between fathers and sons, right? Uh, right? That father, not he that just son. he really needed a hug, and David was the closest. Target. Yeah. Yeah. Which I kind of like. There are pillars around. <laughs> there's Someone should get him a space puppy. There's or a space pillow. There's yeah. some quite interesting things on this yeah. where uh, at the very end, in the very sad quip-off section of the story, where they're all standing on the bridge looking out at uh, Doing the Genesis planet. Basically, yes. Yeah, fine. Fine, um, fine. Where they're all sort of like remembering Spock and and Bones says he's not really gone as long as we remember him and he puts this emphasis on the word remember and I'm like oh you actually planned that oh they did not uh, the line was from a newspaper article about a man who saved a whole bunch of people in the Holocaust and one of the producers and our writers read it and was like. Dang, that's a good line. I'm gonna get Bones to say it. Well, then it was retroactive <laughs> to the mind meld then, mm-hmm. because sure. the way well the way the camera sits on him and the way that we pause, it's like oh you're supposed to pay attention to this. Uh, sh- Leonard Nimoy did not know that the scene with the coffin was in the movie <laughs> to watch it and was like, oh, I guess I'll be getting a call, call. soon. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Nimoy thought he was dead. He's like, I'm done. Last episode. And then he's like, no shit, I'm coming back. Yeah. I feel like he's not acting that much in the first movie where he's like, you dragged me out of my hippie commune. (laughs) Maybe put on that wig. (laughs) Mm. All right. So that's that movie. Yep. 
Yep. Um, performance of the episode, guys. Or, sorry, performance of the film, the oeuvre, the piece. Okay. Shatner. I know. I, 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 can't, I can't give it to anybody else because almost nobody else had a significant role from the main crew. I hated Christy Alley, and everybody else was kind of whiny. It's okay, Christy Alley. We like you. Mm-hmm. I her thought hair was huge. Her was. hair was great. At yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah, you must so. at least have appreciated the, the the hairstyles returning. I did appreciate the big hair coming back. I did not appreciate her having the long flowing locks down and being all girly at the funeral. I hated that. I was right. I really hated everything about that character so much. <laughs> wow. It, it, wow. Now that I know that she was supposed to originally have been like half human, half Vulcan, or or not half part human, Romulan. half part Romulan, like half Vulcan, half Romulan, it makes a little more sense to me. But the way she was presented in the film, nothing did nothing for me. I hated that character. Kareem's well, like gaping. You have to deal with your internalized misogyny later. <laughs> no, I think about I the thing about I was her, like her reactions, like even not knowing about the Romulan thing, is that. We know for a fact that Vulcans who spend a lot of time around humans get a little bit less Vulcan, to the point where it's kind of shameful for Vulcans to join Starfleet. Well, I thought it was super weird the way she was acting. The tears like, were weird, I, but, like, like a lot of the other stuff I could let go. I thought, uh, yeah, well, I just thought she was being, I thought... Well, she was trying I, to socially... I thought, it, because I didn't know about the half-Romulan thing... I thought it was bad acting, and that she wasn't able to pull off the emotionless thing well enough. Kim has very high standards for Vulcans. I do, <laughs> um, and I thought the it was bad writing for like the damn moment, the gasping on the bridge, and the crying at the end. It was like, fuck you! Why are you crying? Pull it together, you Vulcan. Okay, I I have to point out here that gasping is not necessarily an emotional response; it's purely physiological. So I'm not gonna you know harsh on her for that one. I figured like a lot of. Uh, I figured she was half Vulcan mostly because of that one scene between her and Spock where she kind of leans over and is like looking for counsel from him. Yeah. yeah. In the same, like, be- well, he's her almost, mentor. Yeah. I love the mentorship relationship yeah. between And yeah. so it felt like there's a bit of a parallel there that he's her mentor because they have this thing in common. Yeah. 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 So Actually, I'm headcanoning that. Me. I know they left it out technically, but I'm headcanoning that mm-hmm. now because I any problems I actually have with the character, which the teariness at that one moment, which is the only thing that really bothered me because I could explain away a lot of the other stuff as like trying to fit in Mm -hmm. with all these gross emotional humans. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Okay. Headcanon accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elise performance of the episode. Oh, Dr. Carol Marcus's jackets. (laughs) (laughs) They did hard and good work. They did. Yeah. They were great. Mm-hmm. They more than pulled their weight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give it to Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, because he, you know how I love a good scenery shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much my favorite thing, mm-hmm. and he was just like chewing it, chewing it, chewing it. That's spitting out in the door. Oh, he definitely out chewed William Shatner, which is oh, yeah, a he hell of a feat. This is like low-key Shatner. It was. Yeah. This is Except this is... for the part where his eyes bug out yeah. and he shouts Khan. And also the part where he <laughs> Except was like you know what? That's always him. way lower key than popular culture makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so much lower key. It doesn't happen yeah. when most people think it happens, and it's not nearly as dramatic as it's always made out to be. Fine. Although the pulling out from the ship and seeing hearing the planetoid from yes. the outside yeah, yeah. of the but ship But it lasts like a second. Yeah. 
But I thought uh, Ricardo Montalban killed. Yes. And I would like to believe that those nipples were his own. Mm-hmm. Very good. Ari, I am. I am also recording, rewarding it too. <laughs> Ricardo. You're Montalban. also recording. <laughs> yes, I am. Is the microphone on? Yes, Are we recording? In, in, in my personal account, him and Chatton were real close. But the like his last speech unto death when he explodes into a yeah. nebula. Okay. Okay. Really put up. him over the top. Ari mouthed the words <laughs> to like the last fifteen minutes of the entire movie. And every time, every time I looked over, she was like. Whispering along, <laughs> eyes wide open, her hands clutched to her heart like Anne of Green Gables. What's your point, Chris? <laughs> I have no point. I just would like to share that. This Thank is only, you have to understand, this is only going to get worse as we go further into these. Thank you for sharing that. That's great to know. <laughs> You've seen me watch Star Trek movies before. You know that this happened. No, I. You were sitting next to me quoting parts in the terrible movie. Which one? The movie that we both got so angry about and spent the last like 25 minutes, 85 minutes, like hunched uh, down with our. Anyway, oh, darkness. Uh, Kim, your count? Okay, this, um, alright, so we have a bunch of engineering cadets and Scotty's assistant, so 25. Sure. Uh, five Genesis scientists, f- uh, four on the station and one on the planet, so 30. The captain of the Reliant, which is 31. Can's, cr- or Con's crew, which I'm putting at 70-ish, so sure. 70, 80, so we're about to, up to about 101 people. Uh, and then Khan, so 102. Or is he? Ooh, and uh, Spock, so 103 dead. Good number. Um, are your count? Uh, we have four categories now, and that's where I'm staying. <laughs> um, much lower than the last one, but this wasn't like a cast of thousands again. Uh, Just to cast of 100 Chippendale dancers. <laughs> yeah, roughly that. So uh, 20 ladies on screen, for sure recognizable. Uh, 21 people of color. Uh... Six women with speaking parts. Again, much lower, but not nearly as many people straight up. And three people of color with speaking parts. Hmm. So a little down. Some can be adjusted for scale, but I think on balance, not actually as good in terms of representation as the motion picture, which is intensely disappointing. <laughs> yeah, everything should be better than the motion picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything, everything. Um, Kim, your life lesson to draw from this. Oh. Um, I think the thing at the end that... Kirk says where, or Bones says where they're not really dead if you remember them mm. and keep them in your heart. That's like one of the, one of the things that I have like, that's one of the philosophies of my life in dealing with death is that they are gone, but whoever, whoever your mourning lives on with you through your heart, through your love and through how you honor them through the rest of your life. So that's my life lesson. Okay. Uh, at least your life lesson. Your past will probably come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, I would say keep tabs on your enemies and know their whereabouts <laughs> at all times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level up a little bit on both of you related. Um, when someone swears to destroy you and all that you care about, make sure they're actually dead. <laughs> Kill them twice. <laughs> Kill your enemies twice. Mm-hmm. And also their sons and daughters. And protégés yes, and armies, friends, apprentices, armies. In this case, very importantly, pets. Wait, what? Pets? Wiggle, 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 wiggle! Oh, <laughs> yuck worms. Hey, listeners! Which is a title I bestow on you because you are, after all, still listening to me speak. 
If you like us, like Star Trek, like the show, or any combination of the three, do us a favor and subscribe to and rate us on iTunes so that other people can like us too. You can also tweet about us or tumble about us or whatever verb word that describes the social media platform of your choice. If it helps, we both like and appreciate you.